hello and hello! Welcome to the Beside Ourselves podcast. I am the one and only, the amazing, the master of this podcast. I am Daniel. He, he's the owner of the podcast, guys. <laughs> we're, we're just the yes. puppets that are along for the ride. And we, yeah, we are the puppets that he's dangling from his strings. And we just do what we're told. Yep, he, Who he's are the, these puppets. He's the puppet master, and we're the puppets. Uh, I'm the I'm puppet number one, I guess. Uh, Shakuna, hi. So you're puppet number one. Well, I guess <laughs> I'm puppet number two. Then <laughs> I, listen, I, I spoke I up I first. Could be number one. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm puppet Benny. I'm in the wax. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, it's fine. It, you, it's, it's, okay. it's okay. Listen, I'm okay with being second fiddle or third fiddle, technically, because you know. Because, yeah, yeah Dan, Dan would be first fiddle. You're right. That makes sense. And um, we're here to talk about an album review, and I guess I'm not the puppet master because I'm not sure I would have picked this one. But, Shakuna, take it away. I did, yes. Uh, so I wanted to pick out uh, an album that I thought would be a, kind of a an interesting palate cleanser from all the safe albums we've been reviewing over the past few months. Um, and I want to talk about an album that I thought is relatively important in terms of like the mainstream rock landscape from like the early 2000s to like maybe middle 2000s. Um, and it's by an artist by the name of Butch Walker. Uh, those of you who are probably unfamiliar with him because he is somewhat relatively unknown. Uh, he is a singer songwriter producer uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, who uh, was in a popular rock band in the early or late 90s, early 2000s called Marvelous Three. They had a bunch of hits uh, that were kind of mainly under the radar, but still had a very big cult following. And then he decided to go and branch off and do his own solo work. Uh, so much so that he's released an album every single two years since 2002 um, and also has been a huge influence on modern rock as we know it. As, as a matter of fact, I'm kind of reading a little bit off of his Wikipedia page here, which I think is also very important. He's been called one of America's best singer-songwriters by Rolling Stone. Uh, he's, he's penned courses for artists ranging from Frank Turner to Fall Out Boy, and has produced, composed multiple Pink records, including Leave Me Alone, I'm Lonely, the uh, from the I'm Not Dead, Bad Influence from Funhouse, and Heartbreak Down from Grace Hits so far. In 2019, he was producer of Green Day's highly anticipated 2020 release, Father of All Motherfuckers, which uh, debuted at number four in the U.S. Billboard 200. He's also worked with Weezer on their albums Ratitude and Pacific Daydream. He uh, provided guest vocals on Fall Out Boy's third record, Infinity on High, uh, as well on the track You're Crashing But, not, uh, but You're No Way. Uh, and co-produced the track "You Don't Know Who You Think I Am" with Patrick Stump. He also Wait, made what? Can you pause for a second? Yeah, I have a note here that says reasons I've decided to hate Butch Walker, and it's because he did Green Day's "Motherfuckers," <laughs> which is a terrible album. He worked on Weezer's album "Ratatouille" and Pacific Dream, which are there's some of their worst albums. And he did Panic at the Disco's Vices and Virtues, which is also one of my least favorites. So continue well, as you build his resume of shit. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. He also appears. Wow. In the, he also appears in the Academy Is videos for Slow Down. We've got a big mess on our hands. He's also in the video for So What by Pink. Also co-wrote the songs Breaking and Young Life, both were both written by Anne Berlin, one of my favorite bands. Uh, he also joined the ninth independent uh, annual Independent Artist Music Awards judging panel to assist independent musicians' careers. Uh, in 2009, he also wrote post, uh, hardcore bands Seo Sin's second album, Thank You Very Much, an album Which that we... Is not the best album. It is... It, you're I'm very, sorry, the you're, EP is You're superior. wrong. You're wrong on that a I million times. Wrong. You are wrong. Anthony Green's not even on that one. You are wrong. Uh, anyways, also he's uh, produced the song Everything Is Changed, written and recorded by Taylor Swift... And Ed Sheeran for Swift's fourth studio album, Red, and also produced and re-recorded the version of the song for Swift's second re-recorded album, Ted Re or Red Taylor's version. So do you ever hear that that theory? If, if there's like a thousand, a thousand things on a menu, uh -huh. they all can't be good. Uh, <laughs> he also was a touring bassist for the Academy Is. Uh, I'm sorry, not the Academy Is, the All-American Rejects, which we are going to go see on Sunday. And also yeah. wrote for artists SR71, Avril Lavigne, Seven Dust, Injected, The Donna's Hot Hot Heat, American Hi-Fi, Default, God, Midtown, Pink, Katy Perry, Ooh. Pete Yorn, Quiet Drive, Green Day, Adam Lambert, uh, Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20, Kevin Griffin of Better Than Ezra, Train the Wallflowers, Jewel, The All-American Rejects, The Academy Is, The Cab, Seosin, Never Shout Never, Weezer, New Politics, Fall Out Boy, The Struts, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, August is Falling, Matt Nathanson, and Elizabeth Cook. Yes, and 10 of those 40 bands are really good. <laughs> Still has done a lot of work. Anyways, the point, know, yes, the, the point is he has done a lot for the music industry and continues to write for the music industry. And once again, has 
has written so many songs that he has literally it has them coming out of his ears practically because he's releasing. He almost a new album. has as much as Weezer. Almost dangerously close. You, you dangerously missed close. something important though. What's it? Um, which is he was. was you were doing guitarist. more research on this than I was. He was the guitarist for South Gang. He was. The 80s metal band, which is not on Spotify, so I did some YouTube research, and mm. South Gang is fucking sick. I know. So I know South Gang should be at the top of that resume. <laughs> well, I mean, to each their own. Anyways, so the <laughs> album that I wanted to review today was his very first foray into his solo career, which is called Left of Self-Centered. It was released in mm. 2002, um, and I probably should have dug up some notes on that one as I was going through it. Um, let me see if I can. Eh. Anyways, eh. so uh, it was, and I can't find the notes that I had written up for it. Oh well, it doesn't matter. Anyways, it was his first record. Uh, and it solo record. His first solo record, exactly. And it was on BMG and Arista Records. Uh, and once again, he's gone on to release tons more albums past that point, which I think are all in certain degrees of good. Um, there are some that are definitely better than others, but I think this is kind of one of those ones that I think really stands out from the pack in terms of just overall just cohesiveness in terms of the the kind of message that he's trying to convey through it. So anyways, um, that's kind of the background information on it. Sounds like you guys are going to shit all over it. So I say let's just get into the track list. That is not 100% no, true. That is 100% true, judging on your attitudes, guys. But that's okay. That's Listen, I I, will, I, I told Dan when I saw him, uh, Benny, and this is uh, kind of a sidebar conversation, that I help, have a feeling this is going to be my um, uh, what, what hot I, rod circuit. This is going to be my hot rod circuit, the one that, that Benny's going to be the Simon Cowell of the entire time. So that's okay. So I'm I'm, you think wanna, I'm gonna be a Simon Cowell. Yes, I, I do. I think you're gonna be it. I do wanna make a note here that a couple months back, Shakuna introduced me to the Marvelous Three. I did. And I enjoyed the Marvelous Three. Mm-hmm. That is the only note I have going into this album. <laughs> That's fine. Well, let's get into it, shall we? Uh I wanna get into the first track here, which is called Rock Vocal Power, which is kind of more like a kind of like a spoof infomercial commercial sort of thing but anyways sure. i'll give you a quick little taste of that before we get into it and then uh we will continue on through the rest oh hold on a second i actually have to cue it up because i didn't do that and then now i have okay anyways let's give this a listen or singer playing pearl jam covers i wasn't quite able to capture the essence in the singer's voice you know till i bought rock vocal power now i've sold almost 50 million jillion records worldwide Hallelujah! You too. Anyways, so yeah, it's a it's a very it's a very kitschy kind of spoofy sort of just take on the music industry. But the one thing that I kind of enjoyed about it was just like the uh, different kind of like rubs that he gave against different musicians and kind of like their own vocal stylings, like doing like kind of like a corn impression of like the Cookie Monster. The I can't even. That do was it. good. Also, I like the pickle in the mouth technique, which I th- which I think that is like the him trying to rip off like Eddie Vedder. I think. Yep. And then also the I Can't Sing So Good, So Run Me Through the Computer, which is that ripoff of uh, that Kid Rock song, Only God Knows Why, which we were talking about Kid Rock in our last episode. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So I thought that was kind of interesting that he uh, basically decided to, like, rip into a whole bunch of different musicians uh, just for, I guess, for shits and giggles, I guess. Anyways. I thought it was funny. It, um, I thought it was, too. One-time listen. I will never listen to that again. But for the one time, I was like, all right. <laughs> I mean, like I said, mean, it's, it's an intro into really, the album, I, I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's fine. I'm, that's all I had to say. I think it's just kind of an intro into the album. I mean, you guys are a lot more, I guess, musically educated than, than I am. So I think a lot of a lot of this, a lot of those jokes went kind of over my head. So I, I mm-hmm. was like, this is fucking stupid. You should probably <laughs> but, order rock vocal power then. Maybe you should. But, I mean, again, it was, I'm sure like it, it was funny if I actually like, kind of understood what he was talking about. But I did like the, like kind of like the, the ending of it as it kind of bled into the next track that we're going to be doing. Yep. Which is uh, called uh, My Way. And, and the, the reference that Benny's making is because uh, at the very end of it, kind of like to make fun of himself, he's like, you'll never sound like this guy again. And then that goes right into our yeah. second, the second track, which is technically like the first song of the album, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it's called uh, My Way. Let's give it a listen. Yeah. 
So yeah, uh, this is very much a kind of balls out brash sort of reinterpretation of like I'd say like late nine or early nineties, late eighties rock, if you will, like hair metal. Um, and just kind of has this sort of attitude of just like, Hey, I don't really care you know, what you guys think about, you know, the music that I'm putting out here, I'm doing it my way. And if you don't like it, well then you can basically go and write fuck off. So that's kind of the attitude sure. that I get off it. It's very much a, just an, an anthem of his own, uh, which I think is a lot of fun. It's got a lot of experimental guitars in it. It's got some fun little guitar solos. And also I forgot to mention about this album as well is that, uh, Butch actually does the entire album himself. Uh, so he does all the guitar work, all the vocal work, obviously, uh, drums, Mm-hmm. Bass, so he wrote, produced, and uh, and performed it all on his own, with the exception of like some occasions. I think there's a few songs in particular. I don't know which ones in specifics, uh, where he has someone else do the drums for him. But for the most part, it's it's all I done mean, by him. So you think I was going to shit on this? I mean, I did for my first very my, my first official I guess intro to the band because again I told you guys before like I, I I've always known of him and I've seen him like as you kind of pointed out, like dabbled into a bunch of different artists that I obviously enjoy and mm-hmm. love. So I was intrigued. Uh, again, I, I've always known about him, but actually through my buddy, my other friend, Chris, who is a huge Birch Walker fan. Really? And I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I think that's the only reason why I kind of like knew who he was like, like years ago. Yeah. But I did find this to be like, honestly, like, a great, I guess, like official first track, mm-hmm. and I thought it, I was, it was really catchy, and I could really find myself digging the song if I saw it, like heard, like heard it live. I think it'd be a great opener just to like hit hit hit, hit in the face with, 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 with the music, and I honestly yeah. I, I did enjoy it. Oh, um, right on. Like, I, I can imagine this being a, a great opener, and it was a great first impression for me um to him. Um, and was there a secret song at the end? Because I feel like there was a few. We can talk about that when we get closer to the end, because yeah, there there's something to be said about. Uh, I'll explain. I'll explain when we get there. I promise. Because okay, because yeah. I feel like. Oh, you, oh, you're ta- you talking about the end of this song, like the whole like little guitar. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the little guitar solo. Yeah. So that, that is. So actually, that was the intro into suburbia, which is the the next track in, into the track listing. Okay, so. because I was like, is that? Because I know some bands put like little like, like skits or little songs at the end, and it was still from when I saw. Like, on the track of yeah. my way it is yep. so but it was actually just the intro to suburbia it wasn't like some secret track no 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 so so very similar oh, so very again, right <laughs> no so very very similar to like rock vocal power he did there are certain songs where he has like a little kind of like small little tie-in to get yourself into the next track so it's like it bleeds together okay. well, never mind. i i i think it was pretty talented but I, I i'm not that good at guitar there's no way in hell that i could pull that off um so I honestly thought like the picking of it was awesome. It I, is. I was a fan of it. So I was I was in love right out of the gate. Right on. Right on. So Daniel, go ahead. All right. So the guitars are giving me massive American Hi-Fi SR seventy one vibes. Oh yeah, that makes sense because I didn't realize till after I listened to the album that he produced and wrote with those bands so mm-hmm. much. Um, Little Rebellious tune about going his own way. Not bad. I kind of like it. That acoustic thing at the end is very annoying. Really? You thought that was annoying? What? I did not like it because I liked it and it didn't go into the next song the way I thought. Oh, okay. That's fair. I I mean, I can respect that, but uh, I I was like doing something else and listening. I was like, oh, this is a cool track. I was like, oh, this isn't even the next track. This is dumb. You don't like like little musical interludes before you get into the, the next songs? Not ones that sounded too good and should have been their own song. Almost. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I can respect that. Um, I mean, there are there are plenty of uh, there are certain songs and other albums that he's done where he does something very very similar, but they always seem to at least sonically sound like the next track that's in the, the track listing. So it's it's either like he was working on like a demo of whatever that was, and that turned into whatever the finished product that goes onto the the final LP. But anyways, yeah, I liked it for a first song for the album. Right I was on. like, all right, I can dig this. Fair enough. All right, gentlemen, we move on to track number three, uh, which is Suburbia. Let's give that one a quick little listen. Well, 
So, uh, obviously, this is a media critique of living in modern suburbia, which, you know, given the context of 2002, and because that's obviously when the album came out, uh, of just the idea of, like, how bad it can be to live in suburbia. And there's a lot of, like, a lot of stuff going on underneath the scenes uh, or or behind the scenes, if you will, of just, like, alcoholism and really just uh, broken dreams and dashed dreams. It's kind of just like, well... That's what living in suburbia is all about, and uh, it's kind of, it's somber if you think about it, but since it's kind of interlaced with these kind of like really kind of brashy guitars and just kind of, you know, in, in a really kind of heavy tempo, it's it's almost like you're you're singing along with it, but you also don't realize like what he's really trying to convey in terms of a message. So I don't, I think it's a lot of fun and also kind of like adds a critique of what it is uh, for, for modern living. Anyways. All right, I want to go. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think the singing style is very uh, a very fun mix of Eve Six and Bowling for Soup. The way he sings this whole song. Oh yeah. Without, well, he's um, he's produced some stuff for B, for Bowling for Soup too. I know yeah. that's not your favorite band, but anyways. No, but I liked it a lot. The lyrics are a fun story for a bunch of different sur- suburban like lifestyles. Jesus, that third verse about the girl getting revenge on her pervy old man. Yeah. Was intense. The one you played. Yeah, yeah. Like he comes in to go get down with her, and she shoots him. Uh huh. Like, yeah, here's that a bullet. A- go to hell because it's where you belong. I was like, damn. Okay, all right. All the other ones were fine. It get it like, I feel like maybe, I don't know. Like, remember when Offspring did the kids are all right mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. and had the same concept of like different stories. Yeah, like, I actually kind of like this one more almost. And I like Offspring, so right on. Very cool. Uh, Benny, your thoughts? So I, I really enjoyed the song too. Oh um, wow! I thought like I thought it was a really cool uh, like, like combination of stories. Um, all, all kind of different, but all kind of having like the same sort of message. And uh, the biggest note I have that you guys haven't already said is like that. Even though he's saying it's a beautiful day in suburbia, it's definitely not. A beautiful day in suburbia. <laughs> it is anything but. It is anything but. Yeah. Uh, that's why. <laughs> um, also, uh, the, I I do like the fact that he also puts a uh, makes a little nod to uh, one of my favorite hip hop groups of all time, Outkast. But it makes sense because he's also from Atlanta, Georgia, and so so is Outkast. Um, so yeah, I, I do like the fact that he also kind of get pays a little homage or a little tip of the hat to his, uh, his home roots as well. So that's always kind of cool as well. All right. Uh, we move on to track number four. We're just blazing through you guys. Uh, this is uh, trouble, which is a uh, track number four off the album. Let's give it a quick little listen. So yeah, can uh, I start this one? You can if you want Uh-oh. to. Oh yeah, I spoke and you spoke and Benny chimed in. I hate this song because it's so simple. We did it great. Hit the record. Like this <laughs> song is dumb as fuck to me. I hated this song. Wow, that's the most simplest lyrics in the world, and it's like a child could have wrote it with a child book. I mean, that's true. I mean, it is. I gave in, you gave up, or oh my god, sorry, I hated this song. But in all fairness, oh, but in all fairness, Fair there are. There are versions of this song that exist in the same time period when this song came out. So it's like, oh yeah. So you could be mad at that one, but it's like you'd also be mad at other bands that have done it in the past as well. I, I mean, do exactly There's right. There's a lot of like ninety or late nineties, early two thousands pop rock bands that did that. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But I'd say that this isn't as bad in that regard. I think that uh, granted the chorus isn't as strong. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the chorus, but I do like how I do like the the song structure that leads in the the bridges, and I think some of the verses that lead into that chorus I think are still pretty. Uh, I wouldn't say powerful necessarily, but I think definitely well written. But yeah, that, that chorus just, is that chorus is kind of eh. The the like structure and lyrics of Suburbia were so fun and intricate and like deep. Mm-hmm. And then this song is like cookie cutter back of a cereal box lyrics. And I was like, this is what the hell? <laughs> like, why, how did you go from suburbia to trouble? I don't know. I, I well, think I think it's a good mix. But anyways, I'm sorry, Benny. I feel like he goes, I mean, we'll get into it as we get later on in the album. But I feel like he goes up, like up and down um, in how he impresses me and not doesn't impress me um, <laughs> throughout this album. Um, but I mean, I didn't mind the song at all. I, I, I mean, if I was trying to put myself in like in like his shoes in like 2000, like 2002, 2002 like, is when this came out. Yeah. And I mean, like it's, I'm sure we've like all been in like a similar situation like, 
Oh, well, at least like maybe. <laughs> situation, oh, like, oh Benny, are you trying to make a confession? Something here, my friend? No, I'm just saying that it, it, we both had. I mean, were you, were you I saying you were both we, in lot? You were in lots of trouble at some point. We both had a, put in a put out. <laughs> Did you give in and then oh you God. gave out? I'm just saying that, put like, out, that put in. It's, it's probably like a, a pretty, I guess, like a relatable story. Um, even though it's goofy and simple, it is. I think. I think the point of it is that it's like relatable, probably to like, a large audience, and that's likely why it's it's on there and also and also let's not forget the fact too he was also 31 when he wrote this it's it's not like it's not like he's been i mean that makes it it worse this is like it makes it so much worse (laughs) does it though i thought he was like oh he was 31 when he wrote this yeah he's 31 when he wrote this sounds like something that like a teenage pop punk band. That's what I thought. No, yeah, you backtrack what I just said. (laughs) That makes it creepier when he says, I put in and she put out. That's creepy. Well, I mean, depending on how you're approaching it, I suppose. But I mean, I I don't, I I guess I don't appreciate that way. Anyways, nonetheless. I I just, yeah, that's, I guess we we became wrong. But I just thought, uh, I hear that he was 30, not like, 18 or 19 months ago. No, he was. I knew he was old. I just forgot about it because I mean he was in that hair metal band I like. So and that's when he oh, that's yeah. when he was 18 or maybe or yeah. maybe he was 19. But yeah, that's yeah when he was in that band. Then and when he was in Marvel's three, he was like in his 20s. I want to say like 20, 25, 26. But yeah, anyways. Sure. Nonetheless, uh, we move on to track number five, uh, which is called Alicia Amnesia, and uh, we'll give that one a quick little listen right about now. So obviously, uh, this song is about a stripper. Uh, in case you didn't know, um, there's also a lead in. There's kind of a lead in that goes in for uh, the start of this song, where it's like a strip club DJ is like, "Hey guys, get on stage. Alicia's coming up next," and that that bleeds into this song. Uh, mm. Very similar to how we went from my way into suburbia with that kind of like that guitar intro. Uh, anyways, um, I think this is arguably kind of like one of my this is one of the songs I skip over kind of a lot when I listen to this album it's not that like sure. I think it's a bad song it's just like I feel like I've heard it before um, so it's you kind have. of can I tell you where yeah go ahead she doesn't give a damn damn about <laughs> I'm just a, it's teen. a teenager like, I don't know what came out first but when I first heard this I was like this is the same structure as Teenager Dirtbag by Weedus oh you know what we so, need, now I need to find that out hold on see here okay like you, while you guys are talking I'll figure it out I wrote that down too Dan I'm like teenager like what is this a teenage dirtbag volume two because <laughs> I, I I don't know if it's volume honestly it, it sounds I I heard that especially that one the one part where we talking about like like she doesn't like like know my name i i all i heard was teenager yeah. bag yep and he played was perfect i'm glad he played it that was, part yes like that. <laughs> so uh teenager bag came out in 2000 so actually yeah he kind of ripped that off for uh for being a 2002 oh, release I yeah thought they would have ripped him off no nope. so i think this is generic pop rock it um, is dumb lyrics power chords with palm muted choruses this is this i wrote some of these songs i don't like like this one and the one before are Songs that should be kind of in my wheelhouse. This was before I realized how much Teenage Dirtbaggy it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And I think some of these songs, if I would have heard in the time period it came out, I would have liked them a lot more. Like this song, but absolutely, at this time it's not hitting me as hard. And that's and that's a fair critique. I mean, I, I think that there are certain artists and certain albums that that fit really well within the genre or the context of the time period they were released as yeah. and maybe haven't aged as well. Um, but I do think there are songs on this album that I think have have aged pretty gracefully for the most part. And, oh, there are. I'll get to them. There's songs I really like. So fair enough. Uh, Benny, your thoughts? So I already kind of like like said what I the teenage dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dirt I did enjoy the opening riff. I, I thought it, I thought it blended to the, the rest of the song very nicely. Um, but I mean, it was it was a super upbeat song. I did enjoy it, but all I heard I couldn't stop hearing 
dirtbag in my head. I'm sorry. Yeah, it just, that's no, all that's I heard fair. In my head the entire time. I could not escape it. <laughs> I I know I've, I I know I I know I've heard it before, and like especially that she doesn't know her name. I was like, I'm like, I know I've heard that somewhere before. Why is it not yeah, registering in my head? And but the, now that you guys called out, I'm like, oh fuck, that is that song. God damn it. <laughs> I'm just. A... And even when he breaks into it, it sounds just like when they break into it. Yeah, kind of. Like, oh, wow. It, it sounds it sounds vaguely familiar it, for sure. Anyways, all right, we move on to track number six on the album. Uh, The song is called Sober. Let's give that one a quick little listen. So obviously, uh, this song is about the idea of being in a relationship with someone who is a raging alcoholic, uh, and then finally coming clean and then realizing like, oh shit, like I'm in a really bad relationship. I am stuck with this person. And, uh, now that like I'm clean, I don't see the same person as I used to see them anymore. And, uh, I, I think it's especially the, now of course we played the more kind of like rockier version of this song, or at least in terms of like when it like goes out full out rock as opposed to the intro of it, which is more acoustically based and kind of has like this really somber tone to it. I kind of almost wish as much as I like this song, I really wish that they, he would have stuck with the, uh, softer kind of, um, acoustically just kind of like toned down version of this, as opposed to like going from like one extreme to the other from going from like acoustic to electric and, and just trying to like ramp it a little bit too more glam rocky for me. But um, that said, um, I, I really like this song a lot. So anyways, uh, gentlemen. I mean, um, well put. I mean, this is my like, favorite song. Um, oh, right on. On the album. Uh, I definitely liked the shift um, in tone um, from like the previous songs to this one. I mean, it's obviously like a, a lot more darker. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, and and, and, the, and the music really like, like leads into that as well. And even though like it's the topic is dark, I I think it's paired perfectly like, with the, the music. And I honestly, I I found it as I was reading the lyrics, it got, it got super sad, <laughs> and I just was like, oh, this is fucking depressing. It is. Um, this, you, you spend your whole life to get like to get like clean and sober, then you realize like the love, lovely life that you thought you knew is fucking gone, and that's 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 terrible. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. it, it just but again i loved it though for what it was and it, again it was my favorite song on the album right on dan this is your favorite song on the album yeah so i have a theory on why it's your favorite song oh? i think this sounds like uh something simple plan stole from him when they started making slower songs like just the structure of it i'm like this sounds like a simple plan song Kind of. I, I And they I, came out far after, so obviously like this dude was doing it first. I didn't love this song. It was okay. Sure. A little boring for me. I mean it's 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 pretty basic in, in terms of its core structure, but I, I think it's uh I think it's a fun song and I, I, I mean not not fun it's because it's not a fun song. It's not a it's not a fun song. I, let me retract that statement. It's not a fun song, but I but I think it, it has a powerful enough message in it and it's it's got it it ha it hits all the right notes. Uh you know, for lack of something like a cliche there. Um, but anyways, uh, unless there's no other thoughts, we'll move on to track number seven, which is called Into the Black. Uh, we'll give a little listen to that right about now. All right, so I'm going to cut this a tiny bit short. Uh, Can I go first? Oh, I I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, The guitars, electronic drums, and vocals give me massive hymn vibes, and actually this is my favorite track on the album. I almost Mm. wish the whole thing was a goth rock album. Really? Interesting. The guitar solo was really fancy, and I liked it. Why does it have to be the the lowest play counts on this album? It doesn't have the lowest play counts? Or 
really really close. One of the lowest. Trouble is no. Uh, rock vocal power is the, the lowest. Uh, well, that's an intro. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Can't count that. <laughs> Good point. Uh, trouble. I actually love this song. Is what I'm trying to say. Fair and enough. I actually like the way he sings it. Oh. That I actually would have liked like a whole album like this. Like it sounds like. You remember like when Vil Vallo was everywhere and the Heart of Graham and oh yeah, like, this is giving me those vibes, but it's a little better than some of the hymn songs that were popular. Yeah, uh, like razor, like stuff off of, like Razorblade Romance. But I will say, I know you guys probably did not like this song as much, but I like the weird stuff. So. That's fi- no, and that's totally you fair. Do. And I mean, I didn't hate this song. Um, I really enjoy the chorus. Um, and I, I like the like lyrically. I really enjoy the song, but but like just like musically, I did not, which is weird. But lyrically, <laughs> I mean lyrically, I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, so this is the song that I skip over all the time. Uh, yeah, I know this is the best song. I I disagree, but th- but that's okay. Same. That's okay. Um, yeah, this is the song that I would skip over all the time, mainly because like I didn't like that whole the intro to the song, like that whole like weird like synthesizer intro. I know. I love me some goth rock, yes, but my but bread the, and butter. I I know it is. <laughs> That's why I thought that like you might enjoy it. But yeah, for me, it's it's one of those I actually had to, like sit down and actually listen to uh, as I was like re-reviewing this album for myself because this song and like one other song I that we haven't gotten to yet that I would skip over constantly um, because I was like, eh, I'm like, I'm not really feeling this, and then like immediately I would hop in the next one, like okay, I really like this song, and then it was like it just felt like I was back on the same track again. So yeah, this is yeah, that's one of those songs where I'm like I had to like sit down and actually listen to it. And I'm like. I like it, but I it it doesn't impress me much. It's it's so it impresses you know, me. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't trying to do a, a clever Shania Twain joke. Uh, but I, you, you go, <laughs> But anyways, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Benny. <laughs> Benny, your thoughts on it? <laughs> oh, well, you're you're mentioning your thoughts. What am I saying? Uh, okay, we move on to track number eight on the album, which is called "Get Down." Let's uh get all around. <laughs> Let's give that a quick little listen right about now. Okay, so I'm gonna go first on this one. This is probably my second least favorite song on the album, and the reason why I say this is because Dan loves this one. Yeah, I know Dan probably gonna love it. The reason why because I feel like this is a pre-era Fallout Boy song that should have been done like when Fallout Boy was releasing like maybe like Save Rock and Roll or maybe Fully Outdo. I feel like th- with kind of like the record scratches and kind of everything else that kind of goes on in, in the rest of the track, like I feel like this is made for Patrick Stump and it should have been his song as opposed to being Butch's song. Uh, that said, it's 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 fine. It's But I, I feel so, like this is one of those ones that he should just get like s- saved off and give it to Fall Out Boy at some point in time to put on one of their records. So I don't have much to say about this. I did like the delivery of the first part of the song Mm -hmm. um but then it kind of turned into this like a like song you would hear at something like vampire like like ship club oh yeah um and like i feel like if i was like if i was watching like from dust or dawn like this would be like one of like like the the songs that's they played that which isn't really a bad thing It, it just it wasn't what i really expected and it it was probably my least favorite song, especially especially if you consider like the uh, the female vocals in the background, like get down. It's like okay, yeah, I, I see I see the vibe that you're trying to go for. All right, I, credit where credits due. Nice work. I did show, show you love, Dan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did uh, did Butch Walker start uh, rap rock? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe so. So I, this isn't completely rap rock, but it, it has elements of it. Sure. And he also makes a Dokken reference, and I love Dokken. Who doesn't love so Dokken? Maybe that's that's a throwback to his hair metal days. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this song is super fucking entertaining. And the nineties production of this song with the strings and the female, like soul vocals seem very awkward on this album. And I think that's why I fucking love it. <laughs> sounds like it should be, on, sounds like it should be on the Batman Returns sound. Oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. 
or maybe like uh, maybe like as a B side in the Queen of the Damned soundtrack or something like that. Yes, yes, yeah. that, yeah. that's like, the whole vampire. Like, it, it, yeah. I definitely felt that vibe too, hundred percent for sure. <laughs> I actually really like this song. It's ridiculous. It is. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's an amazing song, but I like it. Yeah, it, but that's that's the one thing that I've always appreciated about Butch Walker is that he is very very eccentric in everything that he does. There is not a single record that he's released, with the exception of maybe I think it's called Heartwork. I'll I'll have to double check it. No, that's the used album. Never mind. Um, I'll, I'll I'll have to look it up at some point in time. There, uh, I think it's his, the next album that he released after this. I think it's called Letters. Um, but anyways, um, it is that one's a lot more like of a personal release. Um, but yeah, every other album that he's ever released since that point, especially his most recent one, which is called Glenn, because uh, that's his, his middle name. Uh, he does like a like a 60s, 70s, like throwback, like revival to like uh, like almost like disco in some sort of regards Ooh, or like or like a lounge. Album, yeah, like yeah, like a lounge singer sort of deal. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, I don't know if, like, if you'll think the same way after listening to the rest of this album, but I mean, I, it's it's a really fun album to listen to. And he does and he reinvents himself like almost every like five years and does something completely different. It's like. I feel like the man is like a music machine that just needs like an outlet to just like just get all these ideas like out of his head, regardless if they're good or bad. Just he needs I think that music is just his outlet to get everything out there. I think that's the reason why he continues to make his presence in the music industry with all the other artists that he's worked with. But anyways, um, we move on to track number nine, guys, uh, which is we're we're getting closer to the end here. Uh, Track number nine is called Far Away From Close. Uh, Let's give it a quick little listen. All right. Um, so this is probably one of my favorite songs on the album, uh, mainly because I think it kind of marries a bunch of different ideas that he has uh, throughout the kind of like the concept of this album. It just it has it's got some some fun jangly guitars. It's got some castanets that kind of like occasionally uh, make their appearance into the record. Um, he's got. I think the uh, the vocals, while even though they're kind of or the lyrics are kind of like weird and kind of kitschy, I still think are kind of fun um, and just has uh, I don't know, just has like kind of like a chill out sort of vibe to it. I don't know, I dig it, gentlemen. I mean, I don't. Oh, I don't have much to to say about the song. I don't know why. I just mine my like opinion of it is far away. From from your opinion, Jacuna, where sure. I just I found it just easily skippable. Um, I didn't really like enjoy or get it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I I got no really profound opinion of it. It just that as I was getting towards like the second half of this album, I was like, oh. I, I I was very worried. <laughs> um, after after get down and far from close because I because I thought it was going down a, down a road where I was. I thought I was just gonna hate. Everything, everything came after this. Yeah, yeah, it's not necessarily true, but I didn't really enjoy the song, and I, I, I feel bad. I don't have anything more to say besides I, I just didn't like it. That's fine. That's all I really had to say. That's fine, Danny. Um, I wrote this is my least favorite song on this album. Wow, like Weezer's Radio Rock, and maybe something off Ratatouille, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like the lyrics or the way it's sung. Just not a fan. That's fair. I mean, I personally loved Ratitude. I think that was like one of my favorite Weezer records. At least, Whoa, of, yeah. We're gonna have a talk about that another day. We're, <laughs> we should have a whole episode on Weezer. How about we, we don't? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you don't like Weezer. Yeah, Betty Did hates it, Weezer. Dude, we could give you. A, I mean, this is kind of like so, Butch Walker. Okay. Hold on, this is like Butch Walker and Weezer bands or musicians who are great musicians, but put out everything they've ever wrote in their lives. Yes. Like Weezer and Butch Walker. Yep. You're going to get a lot of shit mixed in with a lot of great songs. It's true. I think sure. Weezer has put out almost more shit than great songs, but their great songs are great. They are. In my yeah. Opinion. There's so, like, especially anything off of Pinkerton. For a second. Um, so I don't hate Weezer. I mm. not. <laughs> okay. But I don't, I never really like, I got like the, incredible hype over them but i mean after looking at like the blue album i'm like okay well i like a bunch of those fucking songs yeah so as well you should because it's an amazing record but yeah again so i want to just 
put it out there that I don't hate Weezer. I just I never really got into them, but I did enjoy all the radio hits. But once I look at like the like the track listing for the blue album, I'm like, oh, okay. I probably do like Weezer a little bit. So Fair. that's all I wanted to say. So I don't want anybody coming at me for <laughs> Hey, for as, as long as long as you say you don't hate Radiohead, I think you're gonna be completely fine in a room full of music nerds. That's all I have to say about that. Because Radiohead's amazing. Anyhow. Uh, you we... want to know my hot take? Oh, no. You're going to say you hate Radiohead? Oh, boy. I'm not going to say I hate Radiohead. Uh-huh. I'm going to say doesn't... the only Radiohead album I love from start to finish and think is a perfect album is In Rainbows. And everyone that's a Radiohead fan, he hates when I say that. It's, Why? In Rainbows isn't a bad record. It's, it's, a, it's actually a very, very well done record. It's just that OK Computer is iconic. That there is nothing more to be said about it. You're wrong. You're so wrong. Very into the microphone. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. Just no. Anyways, uh, we move on. To Actually, track. Fun, fun, just fun fact quickly. Yeah, um, so all the radio radio albums that we have, all my wife's record like records. Like, oh really? Are, not, not one of them is, is mine. So interesting. Well, maybe we should uh, revisit some Radiohead at some point in time. Anyways, moving on to track number ten on this album. We're down to the last three. Technically four, but we'll talk about the last one here in a little bit. Uh, it, well, I mean, last three. It yeah. It's a, well, it's it's the last three. There we'll talk. Oh, okay, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk about it later, Danny. Jeez, let me get the get out the words. Anyways, track number ten. It's called Diary of a San Fernando Sex Star. Let's give it a quick little listen. Okay, I'm going to go first. Very similar to how I felt about uh, Into the Black. I'm sorry, not Into the Black, about Get Down. I feel that this song right here would be perfect if Motion City Soundtrack originally did it. Mainly because of the the synthesizers and just kind of the the feel of it. Like I feel like if you had Motion City Soundtrack do this song, it would have gone over a heck of a lot better. This one, it's... It's not bad. It's just it's not my favorite. That's that's all I have to say there. Anyways, so gentlemen, I <laughs> I like I actually really like the song. Really interesting. And I think, yes, and I think my, my notes are my notes were I really wish they just skipped over the past three songs and just went right to this <laughs> one, um, because this is definitely more in my wheelhouse than the the previous three songs. Oh and yeah, and I. I, don't know, I just found it fun. And I really, really enjoyed it, and I didn't have a note as like another secret song, yay! But it was just another like intro at the end of this song, mm-hmm. lead into um track eleven. Yeah, I, yep. I believe, and I think it's like I think it's him chit chatting with uh, I think it's either his mom or something like that, and like Mr. Jenny. What's that? Is it Jenny? It could chit chatting with Jenny. You, you mean you mean Janine? 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 <laughs> Jenny, Jenny, it could be, it could be Jenny too. Anyways, uh, Dan, your thoughts? Um, I love the synth style. I love the guitars. I love the energy. Of the, I think these lyrics are fucking stupid. They are. They, it's very love, dumb. I love this song, but, but it's the so much fun. Are so dumb. But it, yeah, I think the song would be fun. And Justin Pierre from Motion City Soundtrack doesn't use Ghost Rider, so it's true. It's true. Except for he did have a, um. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Hoppus helped write a few songs on their third album. But, but what hasn't Mark Hoppus contributed to? I mean, seriously, let, let's be honest with you. Uh, he doesn't use ghostwriters. He uses his own lyrics, and we could tell because his <laughs> lyrics are very profound and important. They are. They very much are. I mean, let's get fucked up and die. I'm. I'm let's get fucked up and die. <laughs> I mean, not not seriously. Figuratively, of course. Fig- I quit smoking course. weed and I sold my Nintendo 64. <laughs> 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 to me down the street. <laughs> oh God, we're just gonna quote the entire song. Anyways, okay, we move on. Track number eleven, guys. This song is called "If" uh, in parentheses. Janine's song, I believe, but it's spelled J E A N N. I-E apostrophe S. So you guys just make your own determination. Genies. Genies. Whatever. Let's give it a listen. (laughs) Play.
So yeah, this is... I believe, if memory serves, this was actually a single that he was trying to release uh, for the album. Uh, it was either, it was that one and My Way, if I remember correctly. Um, and this is just like... I feel like it's almost like a rock opera kind of song in terms of like the way it's structured. It has like this really kind of somber intro kicks into like this really big uh, kind of blow up chorus with really loud, brashy guitars and and really just in your face drums. Uh, it's it's I think it's it's definitely I wouldn't call it a fun song because obviously the, the lyrics are very somber and, and very kind of like melancholy. But man, it is his his vocal display uh, is just it or his vocal technique is like on full fucking display here. Like just like using every bit of his range. It, it's almost like you could tell like he put a lot of heart and soul into the song. It's like and it's arguably my favorite song on the album. I know I said far away from close is, but this is like it. it, it, it I go back and forth between for me for, for that song and this song. But I'd say this is sure. This is, it's damn good. It, it's peak book, Butch Walker, if, if that is such a thing to be coined as. It's one of my favorites for sure, too. Um, It's got that cute 90s ballad swirling guitar plucking before mm-hmm. it kicks in. Um, It reminds me of like Verve Pipe and Filter style of like slower songs. Oh, yeah. Like, um, But I think it's a lot of fun. The only problem I have with it is I feel like for this kind of song, it's a little long. It is. It's like, the Jesus, clocks in about five minutes. <laughs> it is a little long. It clocks in about five minutes. So yeah. So I, I get. It. I, I if they would have shaved off like a minute off of it, I think that probably would have gone a little better. But I think it's also you. Song. But you also wouldn't have gotten like those really fun guitar solos and also the, like that that mm-hmm. breakdown as well. I don't know. I I think it's a really really well written song. So, and and right. I agree. So. Um, so I want to say so, I so I wrote as I I was writing this like little review as I was listening to it. So I'm gonna say like say what i said but obviously i kind of change at the end so uh i so i put acoustic punk rock yes um i love as the the soft part of my heart always gets drawn to like acoustic like uh, like, like punk songs or acoustic like i guess like rock songs yeah. on albums i don't know why just like it's always like a shift and i thought this was going to be like an entirely acoustic uh like track and i thought it was a great example of it um then music I, th- I, th- I thought that was awesome and then it kind of built um to this like i guess crescendo i think i think it was near the, near the middle of the song mm-hmm. where it, it just like, builds up and i'm like oh yes and then i just got even more into it and honestly i really like i dug the up and down of it and it was one of my one of my favorites and i think I kind of put it. It was. It was my favorite. So I think I might have like changed my mind. <laughs> See, um, you do exactly the same thing. As, I'm doing. So as I, I had I had sober um, as number one, and and I must be again. I was. I, I wrote yesterday, so I think I was a little like, up and down, mm-hmm. kind of like music. Uh, but I think this one had to take the cake because I have two favorites apparently. <laughs> that, in, in my there's notes. nothing wrong so with sure that. Sure, was sir. it into the black? It's not. Guarantee it definitely it's not. was not into the black. The song is so good. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> I wish that song faded into the black and never came back. Oh damn! Ouch! Burn. Do, wow. do I need a? Do I need to set up a, a wrestling ring by chance? Like uh... I'm gonna take this one day at a time. <laughs> Which is the ironically enough the last song on the album called "Take Tomorrow." Uh, in parentheses, one day at a time. Let's give that a quick little listen. Give me all your feet. So in the context of like late 90s rock, because I mean, once again, this album did come out at the turn of the century uh, in 2002. This is one of those, I'd say for its time, probably one of the more perfect kind of ballad songs that has the same kind of like vibe that you get off of like a Verve Pipe record or that you get off of something that was very similar in scope, like maybe something like by the Wallflowers or something like that, where it has that, that same sort of like nice somber tone, but has like kind of like that... Uh, kind of unrequited love sort of kind of vibe, if you will, that happens in, in most of uh, ballads of that that time period. And also kind of like harkens back a little bit to also to like 
80s hair metal ballads too, like stuff that you would hear from like the Scorpions or you would hear from uh, you know White Snake or something like that. Like that same kind of that same kind of like hey baby I'm here for you sort of thing. But uh, I I really really love this song. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that it was that it has too much of a rockier edge to it towards the end of the track. I feel like this also could have been one of those songs that, especially given the lyrics, probably could have been like a wedding first dance song in some regards too. Very similar to how like uh, a lot of other rock songs kind of have that sort of like edge to it. But anyways, that's uh, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I, I really like this song. It's like, I would say my number two, maybe number three uh, favorite track on the record, even though it is the last one. But anyways, gentlemen. You want me to go? Sure. I'll go. One of these points. Uh, why is the, why does this song have the most plays? This is so boring and I hate it. Really? The soaring, yeah, the soaring guitar verb doesn't do much to save it. It's the most generic bullshit teen drama chorus line of all time. <laughs> Was this in Dawson's Creek or something? Is that why people like it? It could have been. It's entirely possible. I know I know this was also another single at some point in time. I just think the last so, song was a beautiful song. And then this song is just not for me at all. That's fair. I can respect that. So I was, I, I heard, like, as I was listening to it, it sounded like um, another song that I heard before, but it could just be like, like the, the the generic rock of that time that just kind of bled into the song. But I did really enjoy it, but I was hearing another song and I can't picture it or I can't hear it in my head. And if it comes back to me at some point, I'll revisit that. But I actually really enjoyed the song too. Um, again, it was it was one of the first songs that I really really like noticed. I, I know you mentioned the last song. Mm. Um, he, it was his like vocal range. I thought this song was a great display of that as well. Um, and I was really impressed by his like vocal range throughout the song and again it was kind of sad i went online and just to see what people like thought about the song mm-hmm. and like, there's was, there was, like two takes one 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 group was like oh it's about like 9-11 no it's not about 9-11 <laughs> and i know I, I i know i'm not saying it was my opinion i'm saying this is what i was reading sure and then some other person was like oh it's about like his friend dying of cancer and i'm like okay well that's super depressing so i don't know if any of those two things are either accurate they both cited butch walker as oh yeah butch walker told me this and i'm like i don't know if that's accurate or not because yeah. it just it was some random guy on this like probably like 20 year year old like message board like talking about this like the meaning of this song and how it was again it's i don't know if we, what the actual meaning of it was but i still thought it was beautiful and it was like in my top three for sure dan did you oh was, wait, it? was it was that it yeah so uh, That's the album that is Are the we al- not going to do the 15 minutes of a blank or the uh, gets. Is there anything? Because I skipped through it to see if there's anything I couldn't find. So anything. so technically uh, on Spotify on digital uh, on digital there is supposedly a hidden track, but it doesn't exist on Spotify. Um, there is oh. a yeah, it, it's so it's unfortunate. It's called "Get Stupid with You," uh, which is it's like this really weird loungy sort of song. Like, um, do you guys remember? Uh, well, Dan, you may remember this more than I do, or than Benny might, um, because I don't think Benny, you were a big fan of Stone Temple Pilots. Um, do you remember the the song like Twelve Gracious Melodies"? Like it was like the hidden track off of "Purple" was like the, the very last one where Scott was doing like a lounge uh, singer sort of thing. No, no, I okay. A few songs off that album. I haven't listened to the whole album. That's fair. Um, so yeah, that is so that he does like this lounge singer sort of deal, and that's exactly what gets stupid with you is. It's very, very kind of just like quirky, cheesy, kind of, kind of, I don't know, kind of dumb. Anyways, um, if I find it, I will put it here at the end of the uh, the, the uh, podcast so you guys can give a quick little listen. It's a hidden track that's on the CD. So if you can find the CD anywhere, uh, give it a listen. And uh, I guess let us know what your thoughts are on that. That said, uh, let's get to the final reviews, guys. Uh, I, I'll wait. I'll give mine last um, because I, I'm kind of curious to hear what you guys would give it for numbers. So uh, on, a score, on a scale of 1 to 10, obviously 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. Uh, what do you guys give it? And whoever wants to go first, of course. I'll go first. All I'm right. I'll give it a 6. Um, because there are some songs I really liked on it. Obviously, Into the Black, Get Down, If, 
was one of my favorites. Suburbia, My Way, like all those songs were a lot of fun to me and probably songs I will listen to going forward. There you go. But there's a lot of songs I won't be listening to <laughs> that I just did not enjoy. So it was it was a little more than middle of the road for me because the songs I did like I enjoyed. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a six. That's fair. No, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a solid, that's a passing grade. Uh, Benny, your thoughts. So I actually uh, agree with Dan. Um, I was going for six as well. I mean, mm-hmm. there were songs, some songs I did, I, did, I did really enjoy, but to be honest, I probably won't revisit this album. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not at all. Wow. Um, Into the Black. You should listen to that at least every day. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, well, yeah, I'm gonna put like, uh, Into the Black, Get Down, and Far yeah. Away from uh, from, from Close, from, from Close, um, on a, a recurring loop when I want to go fucking insane. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but no, I mean, again, it, it's like, it's. Sometimes I did actually really enjoy Jakuna. I'm yeah. not shitting on the entire thing. You, you know, you heard. Like, I oh, I heard. I didn't hate the entire the entire album. I heard. Um, but again, it just it was definitely like not really for me. Um, not really my style. But again, it, it gave it a passing grade. Yeah. And and six it is. Well, you know, and and that was my whole point of trying to introduce you guys to these records of stuff that's like kind of out of our comfort zone, stuff that we we haven't heard before, or like maybe just like heard bits and pieces of, but really kind of want to do a deeper dive and, and kind of find out what, what makes it tick. And I think this was a, a good record to do so. Like uh very similar to how my very first appearance on this podcast of uh treating Dan and uh and Josh to listening to uh what was it the album again? Oh, it was um, New Radicals. New Radicals, maybe you've been brainwashed too. Yeah, same deal. It's like going back through that album and having to listen to songs that like I kind of immortalized when I was younger and like going, oh yeah, sure. this, this song really wasn't that great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should retract some of my words here. Um, but yeah, there, this album I think is still kind of one of those albums that still kind of always sit with me uh, as, as being like a, a part of my youth. Uh, mainly because uh, Marvelous 3 was a band that I grew up with watching them perform whenever they were in town and hearing Butch kind of going off and doing his own thing and and creating these um, these albums. I, I think it's like while he grew up, I kind of grew up along with him. And uh, there are songs on here that like will always stick with me, like ifs, like one of those songs that will always like it will always be on a playlist no matter what. Uh, same thing with like Suburbia and My Way. There's, there's songs on there. I'm like, God, I'm like, these are just fun, just like throwaway rock songs that are just like you put on. You're like, OK, I can get into a cool and get a little, uh, get myself in a good little mood there. Uh, but that said, there are songs on this album that are duds for me um and and not like duds in the sense of like being like absolutely just trash but just like they're just like i I could do without this song um and unfortunately the songs that i could do without are the songs that you absolutely love dan uh that's how it goes every time so with that uh i'm giving this album an eight um based on just uh yeah just based on on those kind of like songs being skippable over um but yeah it's a i think the solid album and honestly if you guys have the opportunity i would say check out some of his uh his more recent stuff like i said uh most um recently came out in 2022 called glenn is a lot of fun if you like the idea of like listening to kind of loungy rock rock is fun uh there is another album that he released in oh gosh i'm trying to remember now it it is in uh was released in oh gosh i want to say like 2008 yeah 2008 it's called sycamore meadows which is very interesting from the standpoint that this uh he had to completely write that album from scratch because he was staying in uh in an apartment not an apartment but like a house that was uh, rented to him by flea from red hat chili peppers uh and there was a massive uh firestorm and or uh, a massive fire and it burned down all of the houses there and inside of that house was also every single master recording of every song he ever written prior to then. So like he basically had to rebuild his entire catalog from scratch. Uh, and I think it's a very, very interesting album uh, in terms of like him just trying to like refine himself uh, in, in his music. And I think there's a, a lot of really fun stuff in there. So, but yeah, um, that said, uh, that was once again, Butch Walker's left of self-centered. Hey, uh, Dan, where can I find you on the internet? Well, before we do that, just yep. so listeners know, there's a chance mm-hmm. we won't have an episode next week. Oh, that's right. We could have an episode because when our normal time of uh, recording, we will all be at a concert that night. Oh, that's right. We will be. So if we can get another one in this week, we'll have another episode. But I don't want I just want to prepare you listeners that if we don't have an episode next week when this comes out, we're not done. <laughs> we'll be back. So. And if you're curious, we are we actually have two pretty, 
pretty rad shows next week. We do. Um, one is Jimmy Eat World and Manchester Orchestra. Uh huh. The Sunday. other one is Newfound Glory, Get Up Kids, Starting Line, and uh, All American, American Rejects. All American yeah. Rejects. Yeah. Which is fucking. I'm. I'm pretty pumped to see the starting line. Yeah. Like, Who is it? Like, probably more than any other band next week. Like it's because I haven't seen them in so long. It, it probably Same. was Warped Tour. Yeah. Uh, 2006 is that's when I saw them. So yeah, it, it was a it was a long ass time ago. I mean, I already like, saw like Jimmy World in Manchester Orchestra like a month ago. Sure. Um. So I'm not as excited to see them just because I literally just saw like. The, the set you're about to see um maybe we'll change it up. i'm assuming it's gonna be a little longer just because they were a little, bit, little limited on where i saw them last time yeah i, um, I think they but, both have an hour long set uh to go through yeah, so that it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be sweet though like, I'm, I'm, be, I'm pretty excited about i'm also pretty be... pumped about get up kids because oh my god am i ever fans of all time and i've only seen them once i've only seen them once too uh, the last time i saw so, them was when they were touring time. for guilt show and that was oh, such a fun show Actually, that's so, the tour I was on. Yeah, the, was to. that the the one, the majestic? Yep. You were yep, on, that, or you we went? Were, to? We were there. We were there. Oh. So we we've, we've seen Get Up Kids once each, and it's at the same show. So and we didn't fun. even so, know each other then. I'm not very educated in the Get Up Kids, which is an album that I should listen to prior to that. Something to write home about. No guilt show. Guilt show. Something to write home about. Guilt show. Four minute mile. Just... <laughs> guilt show. Hold on, I'm gonna write write this shit down. First. Eudora. Okay. Eudora. Yeah, you <laughs> listen to Eudora. As much as I love it, uh, God, what's the third album? You're a few years old. Oh, um, oh shoot, hold on. Um, it's the, the one that has like the weird like painting in the background. Oh God, I can't. The really... van. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, God. On a wire. Like on a wire. That's on it. Wire. That's it. I actually so... love, love, love on a wire, but I don't think you would like it at all, Benny. Mm, so don't... You would okay, not like so the record. What's number one? Is number one um, something uh, to write home, home about? I feel like I've seen. Like that uh, that album outwork. You like, should yeah, a thousand like a thousand times. Okay, so it's... I'm just gonna like just put that in my queue. You should also listen to Guilt Show. Guilt Show it's definitely another amazing. Definitely, album. definitely so, Guilt Show is so good. Guilt Show. So you know something to write home about is where they came from. You're gonna hear it very raw. A lot of like early emo, early okay. like late late '90s stuff. But Guilt Show is when they're much better musicians and it's put together a lot better. Yeah, it's it's and a it's, ve- it's a very so, polished those two, album. Then are probably because I can't. I have a lot of music. You got like five days. Listen to their whole discography. You got, you got, a, you got time. You got time, man. I, I Problems is a great time. album. Listen to Problems too. <laughs> and then you listen That's to Eudora. Actually, I don't think there's a bad album by Get Up Kids, in my opinion. So. There is. I could just listen to like this playlist that was curated for the Get Up Kids. That or you could, or you could just listen movie. to Guilt Show and something right home about it, and then uh, be happy with or it. That. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Dan, where can I find you on the internet? You can find me at Ecto Cooler Ghost. Where, where, where can I find you at Ecto Cooler? Everywhere on the internet. There you go. That's good. Hey, hey, Benny, where you can find me everywhere on the internet. Well, you can find me, uh, Benny in the Wax, at the Rock Show um, next week. Or if you're not at the Rock Show, all the Rock Shows, um, you can find me on the internet, um, wherever you find the internet um, and your social media platforms. Did you Did um, you fall in love with a girl at the Rock Show? I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, did, did, um, I did. Did you I was say 19? Did you say what? And then she told you that she didn't know. She didn't know. Did, are, no. Is she so cool that you're gonna sneak her through your window? Is is everything better when she's around? Can you no. wait till their parents go out of town? Did Did you fall in love with the girl at the rock show? Let's stop I mean, quoting Blink and let's start <laughs> quoting Get Up Kids. Yeah, we should. Anyways, I uh, mean. Then I can't be involved. I'm listening uh, to Red Letter Day right now. I love oh, that EP. It is such a great EP. Anyways, uh, you can find me at the Big Shakuna as, as well anywhere oh, online gosh. as well. Yes, and also go to our website, <laughs> please, which is www.bsideourselves.com, where you can find all of our playlists, all of our socials, and our brand new merch, which I am wearing for the video version of this, which, even though I don't know if we're releasing it or not. But it's it's comfy, it's awesome, and it was designed by Dan. Which is this, which is you know this kind of cool looking dude that has like some boxing gloves on it and he's got like a speaker for a head and I don't, you just got to go look at it so just go to our website besideourselves.com and, and uh, it would make us really happy if we surpassed five sales <laughs> oh is that where we're at we we should have more than five but if we don't go go and buy a shirt because I mean we have 
plenty of plenty of sales. They're flying up the shelf. <laughs> that's we can't see, make them fast enough. <laughs> that's right. Thank thank you thank you Benny. You, you're really you're really selling that pencil. Uh, anyways, uh, go check out uh, this uh, the the shirts uh, and all the merch and all that fun stuff. Uh, and that being said, it's time to flip the record over. Okay. Oh, I feel like this podcast is like Dan's way or the highway. <laughs> and it's and if you and if you don't like it, you can take it. Okay. Yeah, that's right.